Real Friends. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emma. And we're your hosts of Tea and a Good Book, a fun read-along podcast for all our book and tea lovers out there. So grab a cup of tea and join our little book club. This is going to be an episode about the ending of Ruin and Rising and the Shadow and Bone series as a whole by Lee Bardugo. Since this is the final episode for the Shadow and Bone series, there will be spoilers for all three books. If you are looking for the episodes for Shadow and Bone, um, the episodes you're looking for are going to be three through six, and then Siege and Storm is going to be episodes 13 through 16. All right, Emma, what tea are you drinking tonight? I am drinking an amazing um, vanilla... I believe it's a va- yeah, vanilla caramel chai tea. It's Ooh. amazing and cozy and fall flavored. I, I think it. it's my mom's tea, if it, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah, I found it in Morgan's cabinet and I'm <laughs> drinking it now. Um, I'm drinking, what was it, a caramel apple? Yes. Yes, a caramel it's apple tea. It smelled exactly like an apple pie. It's pretty good. It's a little spicy, but it's pretty good. I'm not angry. All right. Are you ready to delve into this? No. Okay, good. Neither am I. <laughs> there was a lot to unpack. There was. In this I, last section. <laughs> I have so many emotions. And they all happened all at once. There was... Okay. This last section was very fast-paced. It was yeah. very much one thing after another. Um, which, honestly, I feel like that's a great way to end a series. And a great way to end this book. Um, but let's start with, um, well... The beginning. The beginning. I, I mean, not much happens until we find out Mal's true heritage... <laughs> Alina definitely has a time and it's for Morzova boy. Yeah. Yep, she Hi Zora. Hi. Hello. She also has lots of things to say about this I... section. Honest it was it was a twist that I did not see coming. Which yeah. is very rare in like I feel like a lot that's... of media things, which I really appreciated. Yeah, I feel like that's also especially rare. For young adult novels. Yes, they all kind of follow the same narrative. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever, like, popped off about this on our podcast. I think I might have popped off about this to you specifically, Emma. But I've, as much as I love a good YA novel, it's also, like, the only novels I ever read because they're so fun to read. They all very much have the same plot. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the same Five characters, they're all literally the same, just, like, their faces and their names change. Yeah. But otherwise, like, their personalities are all the same. Mm-hmm. And they all follow this very specific, like, path. And they're, it's literally yeah. just the same book over and over again. It's... Will I stop reading them? No. <laughs> I actually, if... I feel like this is a rant for another time, but I'll mention this briefly. A lot of the those YA books typically have the, like... The main character or, like, the main, like, female lead is the, like, girl who's, like, the not-like-other-girls girl and, like, does things yeah. like that. <laughs> but in trying to do that, uh, authors tend to um, unintentionally create characters 
who read at oh oh no oh no um for sorry um uh, we're having a quick move the candle away from the cat break <laughs> okay we're good we're good we're good okay takes Fine. care of that i'm gonna also get the one in the bathroom yes <laughs> keep talking um but anyways um they the, these authors create these characters that actually that end up reading as having um like how what's the phrase i was gonna use um Sorry, that incident stole the phrase from my brain. Um, characters who are... My brain has... My, I don't know. I have... I have very much a, fo- a very foggy I'm not like today. other girls. Is it's, like every other <laughs> girl. It, um, I don't... There's a phrase for it. Like a phrase that's supposed to be used for it. My brain cannot think of it. It's It creates characters who are not intentionally auti- like autistic, but who read as like... Having very autistic traits. Oh. Um. I I have done a lot of research on this, and I can talk. We can do a whole like mini episode or full episode of me ranting about this in the future. Interesting. But there's a phrase for this, but my brain is soup, and it will not solidify during this episode. I I apologize in advance. That is okay. <laughs> That's why you have he- me here, whose brain is not soup today. Thank you. Thankfully, uh, <laughs> next episode can't make any promises about that one. Um, but yeah, no, that is definitely, I think we could go, we could probably have a whole episode about would... just critiquing the YA genre and also talking about why we still love the YA oh, yeah. genre at the same time. I, going into the, the actual moment where they're describing, like, before they say the words, like, there's the, this paragraph, I was so confused as to what was happening, like, when she grabs his wrist yeah. I was like, what is going on? I... It... Okay. It took me so long for it to click. It literally yeah. took until they said, he's the third amplifier. Because I... they very clearly see the firebirds. That's why I was like... Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And it's... when she says, um, he knew, just as I did, he knew. I was like knows what like i had to reread it a couple times before i was yeah. like huh but the yeah that was yeah. The, it took until then for me too i i was so confused with the one line the when the bird stopped and it was like um it knows we're not hunting it anymore and i was like what why aren't you hunting it yeah, what's happening it didn't make sense to me i i feel like like it was a really cool scene but i feel like it needed a couple more words before then to kind of like Make it to the make fact. sense. Like, maybe compare it to what had happened. Like, have her make a mental comparison to the other two amplifiers. So. Those things. I have a thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Emma beforehand, I made the longest note <laughs> I have ever done for any of the books that we've read for this podcast. And it's specifically about how Mal is a third amplifier and how... Bagra alluded to it. Did she? So she, um, and how she alluded to the fact that Mal could be related. It's a very, it's super subtle. And I didn't realize it until, um, it was page 331 when she was thinking about, um, Bagra and she was all like, what Bagra would do, um, 
like if she saw Adric without his one arm. Um, so Bagra was constantly talking about how she was always being like, are you going to be able to do what needs to be done for this third amplifier? Mm-hmm. I think she, I don't know if she necessarily knew that it was going to be Mal, but I think she knew that it was probably not going to be the Firebird himself and a person. I think that she, this is kind of like out there and mm-hmm. this is definitely a stretch, but um, I think that because she was constantly being like, are you going to be willing to do the sacrifice? I think the just the fact that she constantly was talking about it and was constantly um, like, you're not ready for that price, for the price of that amplifier, especially because... Alina was constantly mentioning how she doesn't want to have to deal with any more losses of lives or any of that. But the other thing that made me think it, um, or that made me think that she might have, I guess, kind of recognized Mal was on page 151, when this is the only time that I think she really, like, speaks to Mal and hears him, his voice, is it's when he comes into the, um, about to call it a tavern it's not a tavern Mm. her like cave in the mountain or whatever where she was in the boiler room and he comes in and he's like alina it's time to go we gotta go maybe not so posh but um and she's all like who is is that a grisha because she's recognizes his voice and alina's like no he's a normal person and then she says he sounds and is cut off I think or, she was about to say that he sounds like her father. I was just saying, like, it probably sounds, yeah. So that's why, because, I mean, it's been, like, thousands of years since she last heard her father speak. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why, and she's taught thousands of Grisha. So that's probably why she didn't immediately recognize his voice. I wonder if his voice sounds like a less polished version of the Darkling's voice. Oh. Because I could see it, like, not in, like, speech pattern, obviously, because they clearly don't speak the same, but, like, in the same way that we thought, um, Harsha and Nikolai had very similar, like, yeah, I could see it being, like, he, like, vocally, he's a very rough version of the Darkling. Which, I mean, Darkling would probably get that also from Morozova, so. Because they're cousins because the cousins so that's why i was like i think she kind of had an idea because i feel like after she heard mal's voice i don't know if she necessarily put two and two together Mm -hmm. but i think that that's when she really was like are you ready to deal with this are you really ready to deal with this like power that you're gonna have to like deal with so that's a that's I literally, I was searching my entire house for a good pen to write out this note because I couldn't find a good pen. Still don't know where a good pen is, but I was like, <laughs> I need to write this down because this is That's, a lot. It makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. I do think also, that she, it could have been alluded to a little bit better, though. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I feel like more. Bagra is a character often you was a character often used to um, allude to different, like, to have her, she was it was heavy in illusion her like dialogue yeah like she knew far too much she I, was also far too old also had the funniest joke in this same area where it's 
so the the line this is a comment on is um is I am become a blade a weapon to be used because that's oh, I am become a blade is Mal's tattoo his stupid yeah. back tattoo, um I am become a blade a weapon to be used how right he'd been, um and then I just wrote I, I am become a bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so since we're also talking about this, we kind of talked about this before the podcast, but yeah. did they really need to kill him? Like, could they I, not just, like, I don't know, take one of his toes? I really feel like they didn't. Oh, yeah, just chop off all his toes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and make just, a little bracelet. Yeah, just, I mean, that would have been really gross, but, like, really, like, take the toe bones, like, clean them off. Like, or, like, <laughs> take off, take off a finger, make it a ring. Yeah. It that there's your wedding ring, Mal. I guess. I think it's on the wrong hand cuz I think the first cuff is on the left wrist. Well, I mean, so it'd be on her right hand. Who knows? They I mean, it's I don't not remember. said who what hand they're I don't even know that's if they true. technically In, do rings. That's true. They, but cuz I we'll think we'll get into the wedding description they have later on. Yeah, cuz I think well, the one thing that they said was like her hair was down like an unmarried woman, so I think it's like yeah. one of those like hair things that they also did, in, like yeah. the eighteen hundreds or whatever. But um, like, <laughs> did they really need to kill him? I feel like there were much better options I... than just killing him. But yeah. Also, okay. So this the paragraph I want to talk about this beautiful paragraph where they talk about um. After ma- they all find out and they're, like, walking back to, like, tell everyone, like, um, we found the third amplifier. Surprise, it's this Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> and they talk about, um, how Mal is, v- he's very calm and very, like, almost euphoric. Yeah. In the face of death and, like, how he, like, looks at this beauty. But, like, the way they describe him, it's, it's so, it makes you so mournful and sad, even though it's, him being so happy, and I just love how beautifully written this is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my whole. I'm like, I do think so that like, depressing. I'll save my comment actually for when we get a little bit further in. We're gonna, I'm gonna try to make us do this in chronological order this time. So I'm gonna wait for my comment till we get to that. But um, let's talk about when she's in the ho the inn, and she finds out the news. About what the Darkling has done. I... Okay. I... I... My... I think it's the funniest thing that he sat there for, like, three days just on the yeah. couch. Just brooding. <laughs> Not brooding. Waiting her for for her to, like, force FaceTime him so he could have a dramatic start to it. Be like, hello, I'm in your burnt living room. <laughs> Like he's such a drama queen, right? And he he even says like, "Oh, you took your time. I've been here for days." Like he very clearly was just sitting in this house, surrounded by dead people. Yeah. So he could have a dramatic moment. Yeah. I. Oh. So annoyed with him. Um. I. Emma also. (laughs) Very rarely do we talk about the book while we're reading it, but I very quickly after reading that. Um, I screamed, and I also texted Emma, and I was like, I'm gonna punch Ben Barnes in the face. Yes. <laughs> like, I was so upset. Should I post that to our Instagram? 
Maybe I'll post them too. That'd be <laughs> really screenshots funny. to the Instagram. I have an, I'll tell you once we're done recording. I have another whole story about that because there's something else happening. Oh my god! One that was happening, and I was like, yeah, anyways. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, also <laughs> this man is so petty. He is so petty because he went it specifically. Anna Kui is like that's the closest thing you had to the mother, to a mother, and I'm like actually Bagger's probably cl- the closest thing she had to a mother. Yeah, and yeah. Also, she didn't kill your mom. Your mom killed herself. herself so... so yeah, yeah. That that wasn't. He's so petty, and I mean, honestly, from what it sounds like, most memories that she has of uh, Anna Cunha were bad. Memories. Were bad memories. Like she's and still... if the Darkman actually paid attention, he would know that she probably doesn't. Yeah. Care I was more too... about Botkin. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't mourn Botkin. Like I yeah, get that there's doesn't... a lot happening. Yeah, but. It, it gets very glossed over. There's, I'll talk about it later. There's There are several deaths in this book that get very glossed over that I was very upset about. Yeah. Because I feel like... Like, I get in the moment, like, especially this one, she doesn't have the time to grieve. I would yeah. have liked to see a scene where she finally has a moment to sit down and just fully grieve. At, yeah. And, like, grieve for all of these people. Especially considering that that is a frequent theme, at least within this... No, within this, like, specific book, is Mal constantly being like, you need to grieve with us. Yeah. You can grieve with us. Yeah. Just like, have we a are moment all grieving. Where they grieve. Together. Like, the closest thing is where they're all kind of comforting each other on the bed, like, right after she has the vision. That. Which was a beautiful really, scene. Really, genuinely, truly made me tear up. It, I was, that was such a beautiful scene, and Lee Bardugo did such an incredible job writing it. I, I did, I, I've got to admit, I think that was one of the only times that I truly, genuinely cried. Aside from a scene that is also upcoming, where I almost cried as well. I, it was really, I really liked it, it was She did a really good job, and I wish that we did have, I, we, I wish that... One, that scene lasted longer, or two, that yeah. we had more little scenes like that. Like, I would have loved for it to be, like, a little bit longer, and maybe she says, like, this is what I saw, this is who's... D-. Does she say who died? Uh, I don't know. I know I she think says she... the kids are hostages. Yeah, I think she does. But... I think she does say. Let me see. I don't think she says She hasn't said it yet in the scene. She says it after. Um, she doesn't say, um... She says it, um, like, because there was, we sat there saying nothing, and then it's, he has a student, 23 children, he killed the teachers and Botkin, and then she, like, is thinking, like, to herself and Anna Cunha, a woman they've never met. Yeah. But. I don't think she, she probably tells Mal off, yeah. like, book screen, I guess, but. I, I would have loved to see a scene where it's all of them, like, where she says it out loud, like, Anna Cunha, and, like, explains who she was. Yeah. And they can all kind of have a moment where they kind of silently, even if it's only briefly, like, grieve for, like, a moment. And then even if they have to snap back into it, so you yeah. get to see that human emotion. Yeah. I will say it is, it was smart because I think this was also the scene where she realized, where um, Alina really realizes, oh, wait, there was another scene that made me, like, I actually, like, shed some tears that I think about. But, um... Um, I think this was a good scene too because this is the scene where Alina really realizes that these 
women that are in the room with her, like, and the people who are out of the room, the men who aren't there, that these are her friends. Yeah. This is the scene where she realizes that she genuinely trusts them. Because that was, like, a huge thing, like, during the first book was that she doesn't trust anybody. The second book, she doesn't trust anybody. But I think her having that breaking moment and them all being there to support her was when she's like, I have a lot to lose. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely trust these people. So I think that that was a great, like, character growth moment for her. I really, I did really like that. I loved that for her. It was a good for you. <laughs> gorgeous moment. It was a gorgeous moment. Um, <laughs> kind of going. Oh no! I guess going forward, um, when it was just, oh goodness. Hello, <laughs> where am I? I don't know. I have no idea where I'm at either. Maybe my but, brain is also soup. Let me see. When they're talking about um, the plans for, like, they're like, oh, maybe we don't have to kill Mal. I love, it's Harsha. I thought earlier today it was Tolia when I was trying to remember it, but it's Harsha who makes a joke about Mal being um, the Darkling's either cousin or nephew. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I, I died. I died I, reading between that. Between that and then later on in the page, um... They're saying, like, and, um, if, if this plan goes wrong, all of a is like, Alina gets a new bracelet. <laughs> I and then also, too. so, right away, Alina's like, how about I slice you open and see how your bones fit? And she goes, I bet they're just as gorgeous as the rest of me. Oh my god. She is, I, I... love her so much. I, Zoya has become such a great character in this book specifically i remember like i hated her so much in the first book yeah she has had a lot of character development i love it i think she's realized she's i think i feel like we haven't seen it because the book's not from her point of view i feel like she's had a very similar character growth to alina and that she's realized she has to rely on people and trust people yeah and Um, she doesn't she can't just rely on herself or like the darkling who is in power because people like that can turn on you in a second and yeah. don't trust you. She's learning who to put her trust in, and I am yeah. here for it. And also, sassy as hell, and I'm so happy. God, I just, you know, I really have to say, this book made me love Zoya. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my my headcanon bisexual queen. <laughs> I will live and die on that, by, on that headcanon. No one can fight me on that. Also... Specifically, this is a little while later where they're trying to make the people invisible and they're doing Misha first, and all he gets so excited, he's like, Can you see me? Am I invisible? He's so cute. He's so cute. I, I love lo- Misha. <laughs> I was about to say, Somebody adopt this child, but I mean, I guess they kind of do. <laughs> Which I'm glad that they do. I'm glad yeah. that he does eventually get. Like, I love parents. that they. Yeah, we'll get into But that we'll in get into that. We'll get into that. What page are you on? I, let me see, Misha is doing that is on 332. Okay, so we're about where I... Yeah. Also, um, okay. on 333, where, okay, so, uh, Misha being invisible, he runs up and kicks Zoya, and then, um, Mal's a smart kid, and then Alita right away goes smarter than some, and Mal's face going fully red, cause, like, <laughs> also, I love that... Uh, can we just talk about the fact that Alina and Zoya are friends, even though Zoya is, um, 
essentially, okay, they weren't together, it's, it wasn't really cheating, but it was, like, it was, Zoya tried to entice Mal, and they were, like, officially, like, broken up, I think, yeah, I think they, were they broken up when they made out at the fighting thing? I'm trying to remember (sighs) if they were actually broken up or not. I, I think it was the weird area where they weren't technically broken up. But, like... But they were pretty much... They, they, they weren't broken up in writing. But they writing, were... But they they were pretty much they broken were, they, up. Oh, yeah, they had, a, like, drifted off enough that it was... And I... Cause, oh, yeah, because after that is the moment where it's kind of officially, like, everything They're, is yeah. cut off. Yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that they're friends now. I'm so glad that they're friends now. Uh-huh. And I'm so glad that Zoya still just, like, really tries to, like, get on Alina's, like, nerves. But yeah. just, Alina's like, no. <laughs> she really likes, I feel like Zoya's type is any man who is into Alina. Because, like, there's Mal, there's Nikolai, those there's are the, the main Darkling. There's the Darkling. Those are the main... The main men who are into her, so... And also that she's into. Because I, yeah. I don't know if Nikolai is actually into Zoya, but Zoya is very into Nikolai. Yeah, I mean, who most isn't? Most people are into <laughs> Nikolai, but she's the most vocal about it. Yes. And you know what? I feel like I, if I was in Zoya's position, I would also be vocal about it. Fair. Um, Let's see... Oh, okay. So, here here's another thing. When the Soul That Soul come, and it's only, like, 12 people. Yeah. I'm glad that the apparat kept his word. But also, what the heck? <laughs> it was a... Yeah. 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 Wasn't... I love that they snuck away. They had to sneak out. Yeah. I thought that was really cute. That really shows their loyalty okay. to her. Go talking about Soul That Soul members, um... It's a conversation between Alina and um, Tolly on page three thirty five, and he says, "I don't, I know you don't believe as tomorrow and I do, but no matter how this ends, I'm glad our faith brought us to you." Yeah. And I, that got me so hard. I started yeah. tearing up at that one. Like this, there I, was a lot of really heartwarming and sweet I, moments in this section. It's interesting how like. Tolia and Tamar, they're, like, friends with Alina, but they also still worship. Yeah. It's- I don't understand the dynamic. I- I think- feel like I couldn't do it, but- It kind of- I- sh- I have- Okay. So, because I've read Six of Crows, um, I kind of understand how the saint system kind of works a little bit better, um, than- in that one because there's a character who is it's um why can't I remember her name it's one of the characters uh it's <laughs> the one that you got when we did the TikTok thing is it Inej yes, yes. Inej uh her they didn't really dwell dwell into it very well in the show but in the book she's very very religious um and so it makes more sense after you read that book why they're a little bit more calm about it. Because it's not... Okay. it. I wouldn't necessarily compare it 
to like our world's like Christianity or Catholicism or any of that. It's very different. I think like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um it was, so, it was a very beautiful yeah. moment. I it was really pretty and I loved it and yeah. Yeah. Um what else? What else happened? Um I still love on cat in case anybody's wondering. I have a note where they at the end him. of this chapter it was the saying like if something went wrong I Lena saying I dive back into bones wearing his ba- bone. Ba- I dive back in the battle wearing his bones talking about like Mal mm-hmm. and I just made a note of like cut off his arm and make him uh, mash um, um Adric like they could be yeah. arm twins. Oh, that'd actually be really cute. Right? <laughs> like, they could teach each other to do different... It would be so cute. That'd be really cute. Okay, so what I was also going to get on to... Her seeing Nikolai again for the first time. <sighs> when he's still a Nichovia or whatever. I, okay, so... The, I, the emotional whirlwind I went through... Because, like, I... When he first shows up and then he, like... She holds out the ring and he puts it on her finger. I was laughing so hard. Because I was like, that's the most Nikolai thing to be like, yep, you're my wife. Ha ha. Yeah. Because right on the ring finger. Yeah. I'm like, like, ha ha, I got you. <laughs> it, I will say it does me. It made me I, really sad when I read that. It I was, was like. See, I oh. was laughing so hard. I thought that, that was. Because I, um, cause I feel like. Cause, okay, cause she said she knew he had been watching like the whole time. So yeah. she. He clearly knew that. She and Mal were much closer again. Yeah. And, like, basically dating again. And so his response was to go, well, you're holding out the wedding ring. I'm So. Joke's on you. See, I, I saw it as, like, him, like, doing it because he knew that he couldn't anymore. Aww. Because he was a monster still. You see, I saw it as, like, that, the, um, like, a haha, and then also, like, a as a way of being like, I know who you are. Like, yeah. I recognize you. Yeah. And I know where this is supposed to, I know where this is supposed to go. Yeah. Oh, I wait, propose. duh, that's a re, yeah, yeah, hello. The ring, oh my god, I'm it's... so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do very clearly say that they wear rings for, um, when they're married. Because she has the big old fancy emerald, but. Yeah, the, I just. I, uh, when, it's, I, the scene made me so sad. The whole, like, her trying to put the him like being like nope nope keep the light going and he's like mm-hmm. very clearly in pain and I just and then also <sighs> when he like turns back to a monster for like a second and then like he gets so upset with himself he does and I'm like oh god I, I just I wanted to I jump into the pages of this book him. and just like hold him in my arms and like I tell him it's gonna be okay. I think all of us would do that collectively. Can we just like? There's a few moments I want to do this in the book, specifically to Nikolai, and we'll get into more of them later. I but... think we just want to do this to Nikolai throughout the whole series, <laughs> for different reasons. Yes, but this is I just I want to hold him and tell him it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me. It made me really sad. <sighs> Yeah. And I do, it was a really nice, like, tender moment, too, between the two of them. Um, when he, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? 
Um, it's before he tried to, like, attack her. And, like, the two of them are kind of just, like, he's, like, he, she's, like, holding him, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't fix you. <laughs> like, that just... Uh, it, this book tried really hard to break me, and it succeeded. It did. It really did. It did. Um, Maybe that's why my brain... It, my brain is... Maybe my brain has turned itself off because it doesn't want to deal with this again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, I guess let's, um, should we just talk about the last battle? Um, let me see. Do I have any more notes? I don't think I really, I don't really have anything beyond past um, until the next battle. Slash the Mal last battle. and, um, <clears throat> Alina. Have a fun time. Glad that they finally got it over with, I guess. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. Because, like, they were, like, living together for, like, months on the run. I mean, they were on the run. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. In, like, hotel rooms and, Well, like- okay. Well, I guess they did also mention in the second book when they were in, um, Noivizem. Noi- I think I'm saying that right. I don't know if I am. Um... I think they say that they're in, like, a hostel kind of situation where it's multiple people in one room. So they don't have their own okay. room. Okay. I could see. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. Never mind. But, like, yeah, I was definitely also surprised. I was though. like, really? Never? N- um, like, this- even when you, like, the first book, like, I, like, I'd expected it to be done and over with then. I'm like, there. Although Mal does feel like it sounds like he's fairly old fashioned because he says he wants wedding vows, and I'm like, okay, yeah, skip yeah. over that. We're just gonna skip over the um, rest of that. Um, okay. The scene that got me was um, when they talk about uh, how they put sleeping pills in Misha's food so he wouldn't fight. Yeah, and then also um. When they give um, Genya the ring and say, like, if anything happens, to, like, go build, like, a better life somewhere else. And I just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that she, in the end, does get a better life. <laughs> she does. She does. And I'm glad that her and David... I It was also really nice just to see her and David just, like, working so hard together. I know. Seeing the two of them finally they're, work together. They're so cute together. Also, also, God, they Genya are. being a nerd. Yeah! Like, I love that for her. I was so excited to find out she was a nerd. She so deserves it. Yes. I, I, I She's, love that. Yeah. I, like, um, I know this isn't the family that happens, but, like, and it would have been so sad if it, if it hadn't been the case, but, like, Genya, David, and Misha would be so That would have been so really cute. cute. Although, I will say, I don't know how well it would have worked, because he's not Grisha, so um, they wouldn't be able to teach him any Grisha things. I feel like And he wants David... to do more, like, physical fighting stuff. And David is definitely not that person. David's not that person... But Genya is a very strategic person, so I'm sure she knows. And she was she worked very closely with the Darkling, so I know she knows a lot about like battle and things. Yeah. So she can teach him that end of like battle things. And then 
I could see David using his, like, um, uh, Misha's, like, abundance of energy and kind of filtering it into, like, tinkering things that are, like, non-Grisha related. And I I could see it being a cute little, like, them working together. I hope that they start a family. Um, I want to see. They deserve one. Right? Um, is there anything else before? I think that's all I have. Okay. Um... One so, thing I have, okay, in the, like, when they're waiting for the Darkling, they talk about these clicks happening. What are the clicks? Oh, so, um, it's, I think it's, like, posts that they have, um, at every mile, uh, cause I know that they show it in the show. I think it's just, like, a little click that happens that tells them where, how far in they are. Okay, so they're listening to the Darkling coming to them. It's not necessarily the dark, like, it's posts in the fold. Got it. So, like, somebody uh, came in on a skiff, counted out a mile, put that in. Right. And it's, like, a permanent But when they're hearing it, and they're standing there, and they're hearing the, like, clicks, it's... I think they're, like, right next to one. Okay. I think, or at least that's what I read it as. So. Okay, cool. Because it's little clicks to be, like, so that they know, like... Yeah, they're at mile two or mile three or whatever. Because they're standing there waiting, and then they're like, "Okay, two clicks," and then we get information, and then three clicks. That's my signal to raise my hands and do the thing. So. Yeah. Okay. That's what I run it as, but I, I could be wrong. <laughs> so okay. okay, so the final battle. Um, first of all, I'm just gonna say this right off the bat: Harshaw should not have died. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> I was upset that he died, and then also. The way that, like, it's very, like, glazed over, especially for a character, it like, is. he's, he becomes, like, a pretty, a pre- like, like, major character in yeah. this book, and they're like, oh, he's dead. I, okay. He died. <laughs> I am so sad that he died. Um, it, like, genuinely, I did write a note in this when he died. I was like, they cannot kill him in the show. They cannot kill him in the show, because I feel like it's almost as bad as killing, like, the cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they killed off Oncat, I would be devastated. What's gonna happen to Oncat now? We, Anyways. They they tell us where Oncat ends up. Where? Um, Alina and Mal take him. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm still sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm devastated. And, Our like... should not have died. They, like, I hate how they handle the death. It's very... This is, um... We're talking about the bottle. I can talk about this now. Uh, this is my criticism I was going to talk about earlier. Something that happens, it happened in this book, and it happened definitely in Siege and Storm. I don't remember if it happened in Shadow and Bone, I'd have to go back and look. Where, um, instead of, like, going through the grieving process and, like, seeing people die and, like, in, like, motion, something happens to Alina and then everything gets summarized. Like, oh, yeah. these people died when she wasn't looking. I'm like, I get that, like, from minor characters that works, but, like... She does, like, it gets written that way for, like, fairly major characters, like Harsha. Yeah. Where I, like, it's fine, like, characters like Ruby. When yeah, Ruby dies. Yeah, Ruby, it's like, That whatever. makes sense. The way, the way they wrote Ruby's death makes sense for her role in the story. Yeah. But they gave her more attention than they did Harsha. Yeah, which is and really I, upsetting. Like, I, I am... I do not. I'm very. I'm very angry about the way that this was ha- that was handled. Yeah. No. I, I get that she doesn't agree. see him die, but yeah. What, especially but once like... Mal is like breathing again, 
Like, I get that there's the moment of euphoria of, oh my gosh, you're alive again. But, like... She would still have to deal with, like, there's that... The, everybody, are, everybody else is still dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I do genuinely think that Harshaw was, like, kind of a useless death. I think, in general, this is my criticism. It's kind of a two-parter. One, I feel like this battle was missing something. I feel like there just... I feel like there were bigger scarier battles in the other two books and even earlier in this book that we didn't get with this last battle yeah i felt like this battle was just like lacking yeah i was expecting something to go horribly wrong yeah because and like that's and it didn't yeah it went mostly according to plan yeah which was surprising and also not what i wanted yeah (laughs) um a little lackluster other criticism um and i feel like some people might disagree with me i feel like mal should have stayed dead i don't think they should have brought him back one obviously like we've been criticizing how he's been treating alina Mm -hmm. for the pretty much past two books (laughs) i would i would have loved for him to stay dead. i would have much preferred him for much preferred for him to stay dead there's a whole thing about talking about how Morzova brought back his daughter and why this, like, him bringing back his daughter, this is all happening. Yeah. So. You see, I thought it was going to be once the Darkling's dead, she was going to try to do that and then realize she couldn't. And then yeah. have to deal with that magic being gone and, like, grieve, but then he's just breathing again. Yeah, I feel like he shouldn't have been brought back. Yeah. And yeah. I compare it um, to very specific... Um, in Frozen 2, when Olaf dies. Because the whole point of Frozen 2 is how everything changes and you just have to go with it. And you're, you, like, you just have to deal with it and move on. Olaf should have stayed dead. Because the whole movie is about change. You see, And life changes when somebody dies. I could... <laughs> I mean, I, I understand It's a children's they, movie. Yeah. But I would say bring him back, but have him be different. Or maybe he doesn't remember them. And so it's hard on them, and they have to grow, like, it's a brand new Olaf that has, doesn't have the same memories. Yeah. It's a new Olaf. But I definitely think that, uh, I got that from one of my friends who I went to go see the movie with. They were like, yeah, Olaf should have stayed dead, and I'm like, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. And I felt the same way about Mal. He should have stayed dead. And Alina should have ended up with Nikolai. Yeah. I will I like that. say that to the day I die. <laughs> I, but let's talk about the Darkling in this battle. Okay, I had specifically this one moment where the Darkling is pinning um, Alina to the deck of the skiff. I was like, ah, Morgan must love this. I, you know what? I didn't, I felt like everything he did for this last battle just was, he didn't do anything. That's true. And I was like, this is lame. He had an entire mental breakdown. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. I felt like I expected more from him. I guess... Well, now that I think about it, of course I expected more from him because he's like that for all the other battles, but he couldn't do more because he's in the fold. Yeah. The one place where his powers are literally useless. Yeah, well, I mean, he's creating his, like, creatures around him, but, yeah. like, they're not attacking Alina, so we don't see yeah, and firsthand like, the things he's doing. Yeah, and I feel like the imagery for that was just very, as you said, lackluster. Yeah. So, I feel like the it's... this battle was, like, the worst part of this chunk, I... unfortunately. 
Yeah, I will say, though, because I'm finally at the page where, um, <laughs> I did I already mention, I know I said it before the podcast, but I don't think I repeated it on the podcast what I said about Alina killing Mal. <laughs> no, you haven't um, said it in the podcast which yet. Which I said, um, <laughs> like, because she's talking about all of the, like, the raw emotion of, like, stabbing him in the chest, which I wasn't expecting her to, like, actually go through with in the moment. Yeah. But... I mean, I guess I she like, doesn't technically do it. It's him doing it for her. Yeah. But just... Uh, Which, she's like, not the one who killed any of... Yeah. Like, everybody else kind of forced... Actually, Mal kills all three amplifiers, doesn't he? Does he kill the white stag? Yeah. Oh, no. Cause I the think, Darkling does. Yeah, the Darkling Never mind. kills. I'm wrong yeah but pretty never much mind. every like she never actually kills an no amplifier, now that i think about it uh but just i was at least like not out of her own will <laughs> but anyways the stabbing of the chest i was like well i mean i've wanted to do that for like a book and a half so i don't i can't blame her yeah but the i was also, also surprised that that's just how the darkling dies yeah it was a very lackluster death for him yeah I mean, um, I feel like it's exactly what I expected. Just something super simple to kill him. Yeah. Also, but I I did like before when she's realizing she doesn't have powers. My first thought was he needed to be alive, and she just entirely destroyed the amplifier. Like he needed to be a living amplifier. Was my thought because oh, he's the last one. Yeah. And because it's different, and I figured that was the curse of the Merzost is. She thinks it's a pattern and will kill him and then destroys the amplifier, was what I thought. Yeah. And I was like, that would be such a fun moment of, oh, shoot, you permanently ruined this. How do we fix this in the last, like, 30 pages of the book? Yeah. But, no. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the last... I will say, though, after the, um, after the battle... Everything is wrapped up really nicely. I do have to say. Yeah. I feel like this book has one of the best wrap-ups I have ever read. Like, yeah. in the end, where she's like, Toya, I died. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you didn't. She's, she's like, like, no, no, no I I'm died. Dead. I this also, is my Marty, or whatever. I want to go back for a moment to the one thing I did. I think the Darkling's death got me. Specifically, because I had this thought in it where he's asking her to say his name one last time. Oh, and I think that it's, was sad. It was sad, and then it hit me that, um, I was like, when was the last time he heard his mom say his name? Because even if he hadn't died in that moment, that was, he was never going to hear his mom say his name again. Yeah. Huh. And, like... No one knew that name other Except than her. Except for Lena. And, like... Oh, that's sad. It it hit me really hard, and, like, that made me very emotional. It also... Loki, it did make me really emotional when she said his name while he was being burned at the pyre. Yeah. That was really sad, too. And I'm glad that they used Ruby as her stand-in mm-hmm. at the pyre. I had a feeling that they were gonna... I... I I had a feeling that they were going to... As soon as they said Ruby was dead, I'm like... I was like, Ruby is going to be the... De- <laughs> like, the I figured because there's going to be some kind of grave. I didn't know if... I didn't know they were going to burn her, but I'm like... I feel like Ruby's going to be the stand-in yeah. for her. Like, they're going to... Genya exists, so... Yeah. They're going to make her... But I'm glad that Alina was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then Tolia and Tamara are like, 
let her have this last, this last yeah. bit of faith. Also, I want to, going back to when all of these, like, people who have these brand new sun summoner powers are running around the fold, blasting the fold away. <laughs> that was so cute. My, it was so cute, and my first thought was, if Bagger was alive to see this, the massive headache she would have of, now there's a hundred of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I just want to hear it. her yelling about this. Oh, man. I just want to hear that um, actress be like, there's a hundred of you now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, also, when they're recovering and Misha wakes them up and is like, I'm baking cake. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, you. Do you want, and he's like, oh, do you want to like stir the icing? And she's like, uh-huh. And then just, <laughs> and he's just <laughs> like, he's like, we're making cake. And it's like. They they died. They are almost dead, bud. <laughs> <laughs> He's adorable. He's definitely written like a six-year-old. And I do have to say, I very much appreciate that. I love that. it. A six-year-old written like a six-year-old. Instead of like, people try to write six-year-olds like they're like actual really infants. Smart. Or I see like, them as like writing them way older than they actually are. Or, or like, like baby, t- like a six-year-old who like talks like someone who can't speak. Yeah. Like, someone learning to, like, like a one-year-old learning to speak, and I'm like, no. No. Spend time around the children. Yeah. If you're gonna write a child, then if you, if you hate children to the point where you don't know what a child acts like, don't write children in your story. Yeah. So, uh, they did a great job with them. I'm really glad that Alina and Mal adopted him. Mm-hmm. I um, love that. I, okay, when they talk about Nikolai coming and visiting them, I was, like, crying. just say the part that made me like actually cry was when Zoya came and gave her the kefta and said you will always be one of us I like actually started to cry I'm about to cry again like that made me that was such a like it was really it was a great moment it really showed a lot of growth in Zoya Mm -hmm. and her finally accepting Alina as a friend and like you know that that's that one of my big reasons why I think that Alina in the end should have been with Nikolai too is the fact that no matter what, I don't think Mal could have made her truly happy because she's always going to miss her Grisha yeah. part of her. And I, yeah. I would have loved for them to have some kind of sneaky where like Alina's dead, but she's some kind of distant foreign princess of a foreign land who shows up yeah. with bright red hair yeah. Who, um, like, the shenanigans, or people are like, you look like the Sun Summoner, and then... <laughs> no. Well, because, like, here's the good thing, though, because she does mention when they're all on the fold, and, like, people are selling, like, statues of Santa Elena, uh-huh. like, she's like, oh, she looks, they, she looks different yeah. than what Elena actually looks like. So she probably could get away with that. Yep. So, but okay, this yeah, the scene at the very end that like got me the most was Nikolai being like, "Please don't leave me alone," and being like, "You understand the thing in me," and I, I really don't know what how Alina could say no to that. I don't know. I I it hurt me so much, especially the scene where the Nikolai is there for um the like at the pyres for like the the service. Yeah, and like he just like. He doesn't look at her for very long, but, like, they're gla- they, like, glance at each other, like, right before the fire starts. And I'm like, 
Because, like, uh, it would have, God, yeah, it just, the two of them should have ended up together. It would have made way more sense. And, like, Alina makes a huge thing about how, like, you know, is always talking about how her and the Darkling are alone and yada, yada, yada. But now she's doing the same thing to Nikolai, where she's leaving him alone. Yeah. And I'm like, don't do that to my boy. So, yeah. Also, like, when he gives her the ring, he's like, no, you keep it. It's yours. And I... I, like, he so truly loves her. I wanted you to hit s- her with this book. <laughs> I know! Like, How could you yeah. say no to Nickel? It just, like, not even this, like, fully broken down Nikolai, that, like, the cockiness and outer layer, like, this is fully, truly him, but no one else will ever see. Yeah. How do you, no. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I hate it. Should we talk about the book series as a whole though probably hold on let me all right so we're back better than ever and we're also (laughs) going to talk about the series as a whole I loved this series so much. I am so glad we chose to re- I, read the series. Fun fact, when we first decided to read this, I was very unsure about this. I Really? Was, I was, I, from the description you had given me, I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this series. And I love this so much. I'm it's so glad you so convinced good. me. I fully it, was like, like mm. you cannot. I feel like the Grishaverse is so popular for a reason. It's yeah. because it's so good. And... Like, overall, it's surprising because, if I'm correct, I think this is her first, Leigh Bardugo's first book that she published, um, in first, like, book series. Yeah. She did an incredible job for this to be I her think first. actually, The Fifth House is her first. The Fifth House? I think so. Fifth. I think that one was recent, actually. Is it? I thought it wasn't. I might be wrong. I might be entirely incorrect, and I apologize. Oh, you mean the ninth house? Ninth house, that one. No, that one was recent. That one came out in 2019. Never mind. Ignore Um, me. Yeah, I remember I... um, I was reading, I think, Six of Crows when that one came out. Um, Or, no, we had started reading Shadow and Bone when it came out. Um... But I, it's also interesting because, like, I think back on, like, her first books. I feel like her writing so progressed so smoothly between all three of these books. Yeah. And I think that she did an incredible job. Leigh Bardugo, I love you. Thank you for everything. I absolutely love these books. Um, I still hate Mal. Still mm. think that the two of them should not have ended up together, but whatever. Um, I do have to say, I don't know if I said it about the other two books, but I do love reading the before and after. Yeah. I think that that was such a great touch. I like that they're, these. they're written not in the same, because we so, see everything from Alina's perspective, but the before and after is more... Is in third perspective. Yes. Yeah. Third person. Well, I mean, the book is... 
The book is in first person. Is it? Yes, it is. I'm dumb. <laughs> my brain, like I said, my brain is mush. I have oatmeal brain. All good. <laughs> At least it's getting slightly more solid. Right? <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. Well, no. No, then just kidding. Um, But I think that this was... Yeah, God, I just... Ah! <laughs> this I, book series is so good so good and i'm so sad i'm that so glad we read it also oh. can i make a confession sure um this is like one of the first book series i've ever actually fully finished <laughs> <laughs> i'm not joking i've never finished the hunger games i never finished <clears throat> the book series that shall not be named mm-hmm. uh still have never finished red queen um I technically, there's a book series that I thought I finished, but apparently there's, like, a third book. The only book series, only other book series that I have ever finished is Three Dark Crowns. Love that. I'm so glad that we, the podcast forces me to finish book series. Yeah, I I still haven't finished the first book. Yeah, I know. Three Dark Crowns, I know. (laughs) Here's a fun secret about me. Never loan me books. I am the worst person. I Morgan loaned me this book, like two years ago. Yeah. Can I have my book back? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's in my. It's just sitting in my room. God. I just. Mm-hmm. Big mood. I mean, at this point, I might as well just give it to you and buy my no, <laughs> second I need one. It back. I feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. So, I w- I don't care. As long as I have all of the books, because Three Dark Crowns is still my favorite book series. So, um, although I will say this, this has come to a close second. It's kind of beating out Red Queen. I which takes love a lot so much. I don't know where it rank in my like. In terms of like this book series I've read, because it's very different from. A lot of the series I've read. Series. It's definitely... Excuse me. It's not that different from a bunch of other series that I've read. But I do... I think that the way that Bardugo wrote everything and um, her... Just the way that she grew as an author through this and how she... Like, her characters grew um, and her world building, I think, is some of the best I've read. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ken Dar Blake with Three Dark Crowns also does an incredible job. I'm just gonna, um, not to reference one of my favorite podcasts, Baby Geniuses, but I'm gonna endorse Horse, um, Three Dark Crowns right now. Um, but I do think that Lee Bardugo, for this being her first series, she did such a killer job with it. And I'm really excited for, I'm really excited for you to read Six of Crows for the first time. And I'm really excited to read Six of Crows again now that I've read um, the Shadow and Bone series. Because I've heard a lot of people say that Six of Crows is significantly better in terms of writing. So I'm really interested to go back to that and be able to kind of compare and contrast between the two when we eventually yeah. get to it because we're not going to do read six of crows immediately um but it's i'm very excited to see how compare and contrast her how her writing has changed from shadow and bone 
to Six of Crows and then rule uh King of Scars cuz King, mm-hmm. King of Scars is her more recent ones cuz I think King of Scars also came out in 2019. Yeah. So, I know of the like Grishaverse things other than the one-offs that's the most recent. Also, I just remember something else we have to read. Oh. Oh yeah, we need to read that. It's for we were talking it's um in the back of our copies of Rune Rising, there's a sample of the... It's called The Demon in the Wood, a Darkling prequel story. The last time I checked, it's only available on, like, ebooks. books oh, ebooks. <laughs> so, but it's also a short story. Okay. I think. So, honestly, Dang, it might be entirely in here if it's, uh, if it's a short story. I might look into it okay. and see if it's fully in here or if it's like if this is like because it doesn't say like preview it says demon in the wood and then it's there so i I'll, i'll look into it and see if it's fully in here or only partially in here i think it's fully in here okay cool then we can read this at another time because we did not read this yeah we did not Um, hey guess what it will be a mini episode we could yeah. add it to the Language of Thorns mini-episode. Yes. When we get to that. The, the, my favorite book that starts with the letter C? <laughs> Language of Thorns. Yes. Which, but, I guess, hey, you know what? <laughs> Let's make the announcement now. So, we are still going to have a couple more episodes that will be coming out after this. I think it's four, four. after this episode. Um, but we wanted to make the announcement that after Halloween, we will be going on a little mini hiatus. Um, it's going to be for a couple months. We're going to be taking a break from recording. Um, and then we're going to be doing a bunch of recording, kind of getting a little bit of a backlog of um, episodes. But we're going to... We'll explain more when we get to the Halloween episode. But um, we will not be reading Six of Crows until our next season. Yes. So, you don't need to buy Six of Crows immediately, unless you really want to read it right now. Yes. We'll have... which case, you do you, boo. (laughs) Uh, We have... Yeah, we'll have more information in the following episodes about everything to do with that. But yeah, we will be going on a hiatus. Just, like, we're college students. We need... We need a break. (laughs) Yeah. So... We need to take care care of ourselves, get things set up. And then come back to you with a, hopefully, better podcast system. Yes. So, but we'll talk about it more when um, we get to our last episode of this season. Yes. So. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you would like to say to our time, our wonderful, wonderful time with the Shadow and Bone <sighs> series? It's been a blast. Um, and I'm excited to read more. I'm so excited to read more of the Grisha verse. <laughs> I'm when we finish. Rip out a page and blow out my blow my nose. <laughs> I Yeah. Yep. Yep. Alright. Let's do this. Are you gonna miss the series as much as we are? What's your favorite? What are your favorite moments? Uh, tell us on our Instagram at t underscore plus underscore good books, and on our Twitter at t plus good book. The next episode, Emma will exp- be explaining the graphic novels of Raven and Beast Boy, 
to me, a person who knows absolutely nothing about Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Emma. And I'm Morgan. And that's the tea. That was the tea about Shadow and Bone. And now it's done. Moving on! <laughs>